Welcome to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, and we're doing a quick introduction here before we get to our special guest. Today's episode was co-hosted by Sam Elliott, who was responsible for booking our special guest today. Turns out Sam Elliott knows people in high places. So rather than listen to Sam go on about gambling and share his expertise on that front, he's actually helping me facilitate this interview, and, and I think it led to a fantastic conversation. Our guest today was none other than senior photojournalist for the Cincinnati Enquirer and USA Today, Kareem Elgazar. He's a UC graduate. He has, and is probably responsible for, some of your favorite sports photographs for all of your favorite Cincinnati sports teams. Cincinnati Bearcats basketball, football, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the guy's gone to the Olympics. We get into some of the, the amazing shots he's taken um, outside of sports. It's, it's a wide-ranging interview, lots of photography talk, lots of Cincinnati sports talk. He's, he's a dynamic personality. I had a ton of fun talking to him. Um, I hope you enjoy the interview. It's a little different than what we typically do on Cincy Slangin, and I think we're better for it. This was a really, really fun conversation. Can't wait for you, for you to listen to it. So without further ado... Kareem Elgazar. We are now joined by two esteemed guests. One of them is kind of a co-host of sorts, a, a very familiar voice on the podcast. Sam Elliott is back on here. We're not actually talking gambling today, to my knowledge. Uh, Sam, welcome back to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Podcast. Oh, my God. It's a pleasure to be back. And no, unfortunately, we're entering our, like, gambling desert dead time here in the summer what do we got baseball get out of here well you're so, one of the most no, creative a, people i know i'm sure you're going to figure out ways to, a, to throw away a, dozens it's of a dollars. dark dark time <laughs> i'll figure well, something out the masters was a perfect time opportunity for that you know i, I did but, i did lead and i kind of alluded to the fact that we have two guests and you made a special yeah. request that you could have the opportunity to introduce this person to the podcast this is actually this is a sam elliott special okay Sam booked this guest. It's the first guest this booking is- by Sam in the history of the Cincy Slang and Bearcat podcast. So, Sam, without further ado, you take away the introduction. Well, hey, you, you had you just had Keith on uh, what you know recently here. You guys hit all the big like major, like actual current event talking points of the day. So you got your news covered. This is more of like a, a bonus feature story. We're going deep, diving off the off the beaten track here. But here we go. But look, you may know our next guest as uh, the reigning Ohio News Photographers Association's Sports Photographer of the Year bronze medalist, or you may know him as the photographer who briefly went NFL Twitter viral for knee shuffling his way on the sidelines out of the way of an incoming, was that Brandon LaFell, I believe, on the sidelines of a, yeah, of a Bengals that's game. Correct. That's correct. But, um, but to me, He'll always be a back-to-back last place finisher in the Queen City Jewelry and Pond Fantasy Football League. It's my pleasure to welcome Kareem Elgazar of the Cincinnati Inquirer to the podcast. Kareem, yeah, welcome man, to Cincinnati. Man, you got me good there, man. I did finish last twice. Back-to-back. Nobody, people don't forget. Come on. How are you going to do me like that? Like, so well, let's start there. I may have mentioned I may have mentioned in there as well that Kareem is a very talented 
um, award-winning professional photojournalist for the Cincinnati Inquirer for many years now. Yes. Um, no, I'm just so, talking about my initial. I mean, I have a ring. I did win his league. He wants to get that in. Okay. Uh, Nobody cares about your fantasy league, Kareem. Why'd you even bring it up? Jesus. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, I'm glad you guys stopped me because I was <laughs> definitely gonna, I was going to ask follow-up questions about why and how and back-to-back seasons of last place. It feels like that's just at some point you just need to quit fantasy football, and that might have been the time. <laughs> um, but but Kareem, we do really appreciate you joining the podcast today. Sam, beautiful introduction, much more detailed and insightful uh, about who we're speaking to. I probably would have you know, left it at senior photojournalist for the Enquirer and USA Today Network based on the Twitter profile. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys, man. I really appreciate it. Saying that was That's good. Important. That was good, yes. I really appreciate it, man. I, I, man, I love listening to you guys, too. So I'm glad that you guys invited me on. I really do. Well, we appreciate it, Kareem. And I think maybe to get us started here, talk. Let's, let's find out a little bit about the relationship between you and Sam, where it goes back to. Because I feel like, in some ways, it's going to be a bit of an origin story uh, for your career and kind of how you've ended up where you are today with the Enquirer. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Sam and I, first of all, I mean, we're buddies. That's first and foremost. That's the first things that we're buddies. So we're on, we're well, on like group chat like, level. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're friends. I mean, I mean, I mean, we met the news record in college together and we worked with the news record together at UC. And, you know, I, uh, I mean, I started shooting there at UC, started shooting sports and I didn't realize, you know, if I was doing any, any, if I was any good at, you know, at all. And then, you know, I, as I progressed and Sam saw my work and my friends Pete and Bo saw my work, like that's when I started to kind of gain confidence in what I was doing. Um, and so that's kind of really the beginning of how I really took shooting sports specifically and, and photojournalism seriously is with, you know, working alongside Sam. And All right, let me interject this. Like what, 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 what years are we talking? What, like, what UC teams were those when you were getting your start as a young fresh aspiring photojournalist what teams were those i had deontay vaughn early deontay vaughn i had mike was mike williams on the team with the with the cornrows is that right yes yes right Um, texas transfer is that right um yeah i mean what year is that that is that's well deontay vaughn if it's his freshman season we're talking 2006 2007 which is my freshman year of college as well so probably like 2007, something like that. Those first teams were covering it with Bo. <laughs> um, what was it, Jamal? Something was it? Jamal, Jamal? Jamal Warren. Yeah, Mar- man. Marvin yeah. Gentry, Marcus Sykes. Yeah. Adam H. Those I think Adam H was on that team. Yeah. So. Did you were you were you mostly basketball? Was that like your sport? No, of I mean, choice? I mean, okay. no. It was. Uh, we did football too. All of Brian Kelly and all of that. <laughs> So uh, is, is photography something you've always been in at that point? Or what, what is it oh, about sports photography? Like, how did you end up, you know, being a photo, starting to take pictures and photographs in a sure. serious Literally, way of like, of athletics? Like, think of yeah. the most famous, like, Cincinnati sports-related images you've seen over the past year. Uh, Desmond Ritter hoist, hoisting the AAC trophy. Um, countless Joe Burrows, anything like that, Bengals side of things. But just the, the big UC moments. Kareem's been capturing those the last decade or so. I mean, I mean, it's been, I mean, it's been really awesome though, too, like doing that. I, I appreciate that, Sam. I mean, not only is my alma mater, it's really great to cover the alma mater, but to answer your question is about how did it kind of really start. 
is I've always been interested in taking pictures. I mean, even really when I was 15, 14, really started getting into just messing around. Like I thought this is a hobby. This is a cool hobby. This isn't a job. Um, and then, you know, so I started taking a lot of the family pictures and there aren't that many photos of me, you know, late teens and in my early twenties I'm taking a lot of the pictures with my friends, you know what I mean? And, you know, and then I just kind of put the camera aside and I went to college. Um, didn't think anything of it. Uh, I started pre-med. I was actually pretty good. You know, I really wasn't enjoying myself though. Um, I was doing okay. I wasn't doing bad, but it was a hard, certainly. Um, but then I, I started to think of what else I could do. And I thought journalism, something of writing, writing about journalism and exposing truth and being a writer and being a reporter was really what I wanted to do. So I really pursued that. And I talked to my dad about it. And I got his blessing about it, you know. And then I realized that I needed a, and that was a terrible job market, like 08, 2008, 2009, 2010 was, okay, I needed a, another skill to get a job in this market. So I was like, hey, I could shoot a little bit. So I started shooting and then I really enjoyed it. And I started, I guess, Sam and my friends and my professors, some of my professors and Len was like, you're actually pretty good at the sports thing. I was like, I didn't know that. <laughs> you know, I didn't, you know, and, you know, they're like, I remember like classmate uh, Emily Lang specifically and uh, Pete Marks was definitely like, and Len Pennix were like, those three were like, you have something here specifically. I didn't realize how, like, okay, I'll just keep doing it. Um, and then I just continued. I got internships and I stayed at the news record. And that's basically the start and kind of how it started. I was going to say, I could say, but by the time I had worked my way up to uh, being on the, uh, the sports editor on the, on the sports desk there, by then it was, it was well known, you know, across the desk, throughout the office. Kareem was our best sports photographer uh, option of the, you know, the stable of very talented hand, staff there, uh, uh, colleagues to this day with Kareem, some, Sam Green and, and some of them. But Cream uh, was always our top choice to send to the biggest, the A1 top of the fold headline game of the week. Kareem was our, Kareem was our choice. So I don't know, man. Thought it'd be cool. I just ask you about some of those, some of your favorite teams oh, that from, you got to cover there at UC over the years, man. We, um, we, like said, you had a special run. You mentioned the Brian Kelly. Uh, no, I, did have, I, did, I, I did have a special run. Um, I mean, the, the football run specifically with Brian, those Brian Kelly teams and those Chaz Anderson and Tony Pike teams. Those were great teams to cover, man. Um, those were really memorable. Say, they were also teams that that were not used to, you know, years and years of sustained, continued success. Therefore, continued attention and and a, a closer eye from more and more media and and things right. like. I feel like right. we even were able to get a closer look and and from your you know from your angle inside of things with the with the camera in hand. How did how did that feel? I mean, it was exciting because I did realize, and that's a common thing, not a common thing now that you mentioned and you say it out loud, that's been happening in my career now that I've been doing it about 10, well, about actually 13 years now, is that I'm covering these teams that a lot of people don't expect them to start winning. <laughs> and that was really the first. <laughs> of, of, it allows of, you to get in at the ground level. Like, yeah, because, yeah there's no buzz. There's no expectation yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, you want to shoot some photos? Sure. Come on. Yeah. In. Yeah. And I, you know, and I went to the Orange Bowl. And like at that moment, I was like, this is sweet. But I didn't realize really until a few years had gone by. I went to the Orange Bowl. 
And then I realized like as an intern, as a, as a young, young professional like that, that level of, of, of athletics and, and that level of, of really opportunity to cover sports that early in a person's career, that's one piece of advice I run into college students. I'm like, hey, man, it's going to take a while for you to cover this level of thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I enjoy it because, I, I, you, know, I, you know, I covered all. I mean, my first job, I covered high school and that was all I did. And every once in a while, I covered a Browns game. And that was a treat. I would go with another photographer. Um, you know, but I was covering high school, like writing sports and shooting sports. A Browns game being a treat. Like that's yeah. how you know, that's how you know where you're, where you're starting your career at. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was 2010 right out of college. I forgot. I mean, my, I'm sorry. I, I lost my kind of where we were going. Well, hey, no, so, okay. So when was the return? Like what, when you came back to working at the Inquirer then what era of UC athletics are we talking there? What, what teams were you getting back well, in on the beat with and, and able to maybe get get a closer look at well i mean the first team that i got lucky i got you know troy copain with the headband like you know headband games was my first games back at the inquiry and troy, troy copain and gary clark nice right or right when i came back 2015 um i did uh but no but like i remember in college we did do the, the brian kelly teams and then we did in basketball i i no, I was. No, I did. I you, did I you? Did you forget to photograph Lance Stevenson? Nancy I did. Get Gates? Photo, yes, okay. Yeah. You were there for the Lance. Year. I was Absolutely. trying to think. If I did get a, a glimpse of SK, but I did not. Didn't my memory? I, I, SK. I, I SK must have been red basically the year that your last year at UC. Then yeah, Lance was your final year, I imagine. No, I had. Uh, I think I had another season after Lance. Okay. SK is probably very limited role at that point. So yeah, yeah. you don't have prime SK by any means. No. 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 Have you grown um, up? Yeah, Lance, you... Auntie Gates, or Rashad Bishop, um, all those, those guys. Are the dudes. Yeah. Did those you are, grow on teams to cover? Did you grow up a UC fan or a sports fan in general? Because that's what I kind of wonder. My my wife's in ballet. She she's kind of like a, a maestro at choreography and just teaching and mm. know, a wizard in in that space. But every now and then, their studio will need to hire a photographer to mm -hmm. to photograph these girls dancing and catching their catching them in these certain moments. And if you, you can tell when someone doesn't actually know how to photograph ballet mm -hmm. because they catch them at all the wrong, the wrong spot. So I'm kind of, if I'm thinking about it that way, like, does, are you a special sports photographer because you love sports? Like, is that something that you see as sort of foundational to being able to, to catch great moments at, at all these different well, sports and games? What you're, what you're speaking of, and I think is what I think about, specifically with sports but specifically with football is the knowledge of the game and i do think that certainly gives me my personal i mean that's my advantage that's what i think is my advantage is i have a knowledge of the game so you know a lot of some sports photographers kind of wince when i say this some of them not all of them but some of them say that i say that having an excellent reaction to a play is the bare minimum of, of getting good good sports photography if you want to capture good and great sports photography, you need to anticipate. And that's when you get really, really nice, unique peak action sports. Because peak action sports, after a while, it gets to become cheap. Like you get, okay, that's a really nice picture. It's a nice sports action picture. But the really special ones, like the inter actual interception picture, real, that is anticipatory and reactionary, but you have to anticipate to get those kind of images. So those are the kind of pictures I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking about when I'm, 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 I'm really shooting football now these days. 
Um, I certainly have a formula. I certainly have tendencies in certain parts of the field where I know I'm going to get certain kinds of pictures where I'm actually, I feel like I'm lucky on this certain part of the field that I enjoy this certain part of the field between really it's, it's on the, at Paul Brown stadium, it's on the uh, North, excuse me, the Northeast side between the 10 yard line and the thirties where I think I'm going to get some really nice, like sack pictures, for example. And I go there. And I think about well, what not anymore. Of... Bengals upgrading that offensive line. <laughs> Certainly, Jesus, he would oh, never man. photograph Joe Burrow getting sacked. Come on, he would never. Man. He would never dare. Our Lord and Savior. Some of those pictures, though, man, when Joe gets hit, I was like, "Ooh, please don't." Because <laughs> I you, hear were you covering were you covering just... the game when Joe tore his ACL? No, covering... I was okay. in Washington. I was in Washington, but I did to cover the game. I got a picture, a pretty good picture of of Joe airborne. What was it against the uh, – and he got – took a pretty good lick. What was it against the Vikings or the Packers? I think it was the Packers. We this got, last okay. season? Yes. Yeah, I think that I was got, the Packers. And I was like, oh, man, I did it. That's not good. <laughs> Great photo. That's not Bad good. <laughs> not good. Yeah. So that's kind All of right, well, that's those are painful moments. Let's go. Let's flip over to like some happier times, happier moments. Certainly, but I do want like, to talk about like you know what you were talking about shooting ballet and being a specialist is like, no. but being a good you know certainly photographer is, is is okay. You have an assignment that you have to shoot. You have to shoot ballet. Well, you need to speak to somebody who shot ballet before and understand like because I've shot like some nut, the Nutcracker and some other performances of Cincinnati ballet, and I'm talk to some ballet photographers and they tell me this is important to show. And this is where you need to actually show that their movement, you know what I mean? And, and you need to mess with your shutter speed and certain things to show the movement of, 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 of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, you know, what, what, whether you're shooting football or ballet or whatever you're going to go shoot, you need to study and have a knowledge of. It doesn't. So whether or not you have the expertise going into it, you have to do some level of research if you're going yes. to start shooting something that you, that don't you may have not done before. Of course. Right. Now, you're fortunate to cover some of the greatest athletes in the world, you know, is in football, basketball. I mean, these are people who can they look beautiful while playing a sport, the athleticism, the muscles rippling, all of that. Can you, a great photo, photo, sports photojournalist, make, you know, guys like me and Sam, if we went out to a court right now and played one on one and I was like, Kareem, can you help us out, catch a few moments from the from the matchup here? Could you? Could you frame these shots in such a way to make even people like Sam and I look, you know, like, like we might actually be able to play basketball? Yeah. Wow. Anybody, you, you're calling your shot. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. The I mean, LeBron can, and D Wade dunk like and You can flex. make a picture, man. You need to like, you make your own, you know, you, you know, you make your own pictures that are available to you. So yeah, if you guys are playing a, 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 a you know, a heated pickup game of basketball on the, on the court, I'm going to be there to document it, buddy. <laughs> I've just, I feel like every, every, when you're someone who's, you know, built a certain way, no matter what you're doing, you can shoot active, a certain way. Yeah. yeah face, but I feel, I, face, I mean, like, you know, you're making grimacing on your face and you're making moves with the ball. Yeah. I can make something happen with you that. You probably want to catch it. You don't have to kind of reverse engineer how you would approach, however you would approach professionals. You almost want to do it the opposite way. You want to catch, <laughs> Sam and I, when we're not doing like when we're not actually Dude. going for the move or or jumping, anticipate the opposite you want to anticipate our doing. anticipation of doing that. You want to catch us on the <laughs> ground, setting up our our 
you know, whatever we're trying to go for in that moment. Before <laughs> Coomer's knee pops out of its socket. Right, whatever yeah, it is. You want to capture That's how you that. want to approach yeah, it. Exactly. All right, but let's talk about some real ballers, though. Okay, let's pivot there. Who's like, Kareem, give us like the best hoops players, UC Bearcat hoopers that you've enjoyed shooting and covering. Well, I've enjoyed shooting. Well, I really, I've, I really enjoyed um, uh, shooting Jacob Evans. Um, he could really make a nice picture, too. <laughs> he really could, man. Um, Copain was a delight, too. He made it. Copain was great to take pictures of. Um, just something about their playing style. Their playing style, their like... persona, their faces, you know, um, their speed, how they play. Um, you know who's great to take pictures of, too, is John Newman. Okay. John Newman, John, John Newman is, it will make a picture for you because he's hustling, he's getting in there, and he has – you know expressions and he's using his hands a lot and he's reaching um so okay so so have you found that there's a certain there are certain types of players that make for better photos it's like is it tougher with the bigs a guy like yancy gates or something versus those flashier well sir, uh, yeah certainly like, um, like sometimes certainly like like making pictures of sometimes of the point guards getting clean pictures of them you know what I mean? Because they're always in the background, kind of like shooting and they're either shooting and they're obstructing their face while they shoot, or they're passing and they're you can't really see their face. So, you know, you have to dedicate time and say, okay, I got my shot to these other guys and the whatever having in the game, but this point guard who's having a great game or is he having a lot of turnovers, I need a, something of him or her. So I focus for a while so to 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 capture, you know, a good good images of the point guard. But it sounds like you also have the ability then to say, like, you went, you go to a Bearcats practice. It's not that you're shooting practices, or you could, I guess, do it for a game as well. But you could go to West Miller and say, "Hey, coach, you know, I I caught some photographs here of the game, and you know, I got some awesome photos of John Newman because the guy's constantly hustling, getting after it all over the place." On the other hand, here's the opposite end of the spectrum, and, and you could kind of see through the photographs, not 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 into it as much. Can you tell? Is it harder to photograph someone who's not laying it, like, like putting oh. it all on the court? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, certainly. I mean, uh, let's see here. Like, sometimes, like, Jaron Cumberland, kind of some games, I'm like, where is Jaron? Like, you know, sometimes I can't, I couldn't, you know, sometimes, not a lot. I, I can't, I can't have you besmirch the, the good. No, I love, I mean, I, this part. I, it was probably I, I, the John Brandon. It must have been 2020. It must occasionally, occasionally, I'd be like, where's, where's Jaron? Yeah. Occasionally, but did like, you, was, did, yeah. did you hmm. do any John Brandon games the year he was oh. here? Oh yeah. Did, so Why are not? you are you responsible for the photograph of him on the bench sitting? Hmm. And there's a famous photograph where he puts his hands over his head over his face, and you can barely see his eyes. And it, it's the body language was horrific in this photograph, and I that always stayed with me. It was year one. We never really knew what it, what would become of it, but. That was an interesting photograph that I just came to mind about. I that- shot a lot of John Brandon games. I shot a lot of college. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me if it was mine. I can't recall off the top of my head if it was mine, so I can't take credit for it, but I can't remember right. making that picture. I normally, I, make a, I normally remember a lot of the pictures I make. It was one of those uh, pictures, t- picture tells a thousand words type moment where you, you see I the picture. And it- <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> Ooh, Kareem, right, if we're going to talk about pictures of coaches yelling, there, there is definitely a story involving a former <laughs> University of Cincinnati football coach that was previously he remembers, mentioned. Man. That, he remembers, man. Yeah. He remembers to this day. We got to tell that story. Go. 
Well, you know, I think, um, you know, describe Brian the Kelly, photo, just describe the photograph. Certainly, it's a photo of Brian Kelly as wide as he could open his mouth, completely wide open his mouth, yelling his head off at Chaz Anderson while he's Chaz is sitting on the bench, six inches away. Oh, maybe. like, like, in, completely right in his face, like three inches. Cheeks, from cheeks yeah. are bright red. And his face, his mouth is completely wide open like a hippo. And Kareem's a good photographer. So you, there's probably like pieces of spittle midair like in this photograph. <laughs> and so I'm walking, you know, we're walking from one side to the next. And we have we kind of have to walk behind. Back in those days at Nippers, we have to walk in the stands, the first row of the stands, to get to the other side of where we need to go. And I'm walking by and I hear this yelling. And I'm like, oh, that's Brian Carroll. He's yelling at somebody. And you know, he's yelling at Chaz Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> I stop. I take a picture. I keep walking. Like, I got a great picture of this. Maybe I'm a college student. Little do I know, I'm not really supposed to take pictures behind the bench. <laughs> a little bit of a gray area. Okay. I didn't know that. But also, like, even in the professional setting today, if I saw the head coach yelling at somebody and I'm walking by, I'm trying, I'm still going to take the picture. Okay. Absolutely. So, you know, we run it for A1 on our sports cover or front page on yep. news record. It ran pretty good size. And yeah. big on the news record. Huge photo. Pretty good size. Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly got so mad. <laughs> and he called, right? Big he called the, the SID, tell him to come down and yell at us, right? Isn't that what happened? I did not personally, I did not personally get yelled at for that. I was not at that level of management. I think so I think I think I was out of the newsroom that day because I think Pete and Bo, our friends, our colleagues, our college friends and our, our current friends, even our guys, they got yelled at. Brian, I think he has the sports information office um, through Brian from Brian Kelly. Guy, that was, was pretty good for that one. But it was so a great picture. Is his problem just really he was. just personally did not like the photo, or is he upset about the your your procedure well, in obtaining the photo? I think both, but I think he's more mad about the actual. Why did you take that picture? Well, and you know, yes, where did he get did, that picture from? But why did you take it and run it huge A1 big like on the front page? It's a great photo. Of course we ran it. Great picture. It was. And they, they lost really like 13 to 10 or something. Yeah, they lost. It was a terrible yeah. game. Yeah. That was do, a good you, do you have any other stories like that of, of some of your subjects contacting you for, for bad reasons or good? Like, do you are you contacted regularly about the photos you take and what gets run? Or are you held responsible for what editorial decisions, you know, the Enquirer makes or other publications have made in the past? Um, sometimes, you know, like when I'm, when I'm on the street, you know, people give me their feedback on the Enquirer in general. Well, that comes with a territory. Always positive, I imagine. Always <laughs> most positive. Of the, most, of the, most of the time it's fair. Um, it's certainly negative. We get some, I get some positive. I get some positivity certainly about my work and certainly about, you know, the investigative work we do at the Enquirer. Um, but also uh, we get, I get occasionally from, from players and our athletes, they'll request photos certainly. Um, and we get feedback from readers. I get feedback from readers, particularly about my Bengals photos. Like, oh, that was a great picture. I really captured the moment or you're really taking us on a journey. I get some, I get some feedback, certainly social media, but even like emails from readers and subscribers that really value the work. And I really appreciate that because that is what drives me to get better and polish my craft. After a while, you know, when you do something for a certain, a certain time, you know, doing this more than, you know, more than 10 years, you start to really start to become certainly proficient, but certainly an expert in what you do. And you start to become that, get that confidence going. 
And at that point, you really have to start making new things, whatever it is, it is in your field. You need to innovate. You need to think of new ways to do things, make new things. So in my case, I need to think of new ways to shoot new pictures to make, particularly with what I do mainly, and that is sports. And so what drives me is our subscribers, our readers, certainly paying for, for what I'm doing, but certainly following along and um, giving me feedback as to what resonates with them. So that also drives me in terms of creatively to think of what I can produce not only for sports, but photojournalism as a whole, covering our community and showing the life of our neighbors together as a community. Thank you for subscribing and reading. So I'm going to try to do better. And that's when you, that's what you get with experience. Um, and that's what they're paying for essentially. And that's really kind of how I view it is, is, is really being there to bear witness and to document what I see produce primary documents for the people in our community, particularly for our readers and our subscribers. You know what I mean? Because a picture doesn't lie. So nobody really asks me anymore, why did you take that picture? No one really asks me that because, as you know, that's a foolish question. <laughs> so <laughs> occasionally, and I'm athletes like, I didn't really like that picture. And I'm like, well, look, man, that's what happened. And what I tell them is I am there all the time. Trust me, I shoot all the good stuff, too. Well, you, you just said something interesting about sort of capturing the the community and you kind of everything going on, not just around the game itself and, and the catch or the throw, but that's what was interesting about the Bengals run to the Super Bowl this past season is how the city itself was impacted and how much the, the entire city and community rallied around this organization. And it did seem to sort of bring more people together in Cincinnati than I've, I'm accustomed to. Like I felt it in the community. Was that an opportunity for you to sort of explore how to capture sort of the vibe and the feeling of the city outside of just what's happening on the field. Like, can, was, is that, is that an opportunity for you, I guess, is, is a question. I mean, what I took it as, as an opportunity was, okay, people are coming together. People are really excited about this team finally. So I have to do a bang up job covering the team. Now you are right. There are, there was, and there is opportunities to cover the Bengals from a community perspective. And our photographers, particularly Meg Vogel, led, led the charge in that. What I was consumed with doing was covering the games because, and the, 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 because the importance of making sure that these significant plays are documented properly, particularly for the archive, really honestly, because those old Bengals photos that we look at from back in the day, the 80s when they lost and all that, that's important stuff. <laughs> you know, to have. <laughs> so what I did do was look at, the, take the opportunity from the fans in the stands. And one of the things I did was the interaction with, like I kind of frankly stumbled upon Evan, um, Evan McPherson and his mom, you know, exchanging a pregame hug before the AFC championship game. And I captured that and it was kind of by accident. You know, I knew it was McPherson. I kind of followed him around, you know, I knew who he was, of course. And I, then I saw him talking to people and I saw him oh, take some pictures. And I saw him hugging somebody. I took the picture. It was a really heartfelt moment. Then I followed up with him after he won that game and I captured him and his mom after the game. And that's to your point, what is capturing the community and the, what the meaning is, even though it's, you know, that, that's, that's what I took it as an opportunity to do. If I could capture the more of the fans, more of the, you know, emotional aspect of the game and what it meant, what it means to families and what it means to communities and the community. Um, but really the, the other staff photographers really captured the scene 
you know, they're after the AFC championship and during the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl was an incredible experience. I mean, covering that was just it made me better as a, as a person, certainly as certainly as a photographer. I mean, miss, that was a great experience, an unbelievable experience. I feel like there's like one, one team we haven't hit on yet at all. It was like this most recent UC Bearcats football squad with these guys, Fickle, Des Ritter, Sauce Gardner. Well, I mean, talk, just like, talk to me about this past year. I mean, we've talked about it before, but just like talk to me about this past football season so, and, and having a know, very unique, you know, view and, and perspective on, on that very special team. Yeah. This this past football season, I didn't quite cover the team like I normally did. This past, I covered, you know, where they played thirteen games. Four, they, they, I covered like five games, maybe maybe four. And normally, I cover about you know seven or eight. But what I what I did, what I had been doing is I co- I've covered a lot of this the, the teams leading up to this team, and going into this season, it didn't surprise me at all what not necessarily going to the college football playoff of what they accomplished. I knew this. We knew this was coming. And, you know, watching Coach Fickle work over the last few seasons, really taking advantage of what UC has. Because UC, like, yes, Fickle certainly has brought a lot to UC, but he took advantage of what UC had existing. He's smart. He's like, UC's a big university. It has resources. They've invested in their facilities. They've, they've shown they want to get into other conferences, and this is my home state. And he's took advantage of all of that. Very smart. And then he systematically, you know, they're not reloading this year. They're just continuing on. And you believe that. Um, but this past season, you know, covering, you know, my certainly my alma mater and covering this football game, like just covering that college football uh, game against uh, the college football playoff game against um, Alabama. The first thing that was jarring was the size difference between the Alabama defensive line, the UC offensive line. I was like, oh my gosh. It was immediate. It was immediate. I got onto the first quarter. I looked up without my lens. I was like, oh my gosh, look at this. They're not going to be able to. What's good? What is this? They're not. This is not good. <laughs> These are not humans. Coach, Coach Pickle. <laughs> but yeah, but, but I mean, that's something. No, I'm like, you can see it a little bit through the TV, through the, through the TV angles and lenses, but you're right there on the no, side. No, it was jarring. You got that. It was so you know, jarring. Boots on the ground seen, view. I've never yeah, quite yeah. seen it that jarring. I've seen some big human beings over the years. That was very <laughs> jarring to see. I was like, you know, what was a, what was the big offensive lineman for the UC Mets? Was it the guy? Uh, he was just big guy, right? Yeah, yeah, Lorenz Mets. Yeah, he was like, okay, like he looked like he could should be there. <laughs> <laughs> the six eight German oh, fit in. I was like, okay, yeah, 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 put him in there. Yeah, yeah that's We've good. Got one. Our guard's yeah. good. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was the first jarring thing, and then just you know watching them play during that game in in that game, taking on Alabama. I certain certainly felt a uh, a sense of pride as a Cincinnatian, you know, growing up a UC fan, growing up you know in Cincinnati. And a certain, just a lot of pride in general as a, as a Bearcat. And frankly, a lot of pride was working as the Enquirer there to be there. I took a lot of pride covering that that game. Um, and seeing them compete against Alabama. And they, you know, they, they've lost. They competed. Certainly badly. They, they competed, competed, though. They competed. But, you know, there were some things. Like, as soon as I saw that offensive line, I was like, okay, they're, they're going to have to go throw back Ritter from what I knew 
two, three years ago when he was running the football. That's what I remember of Ritter over the last few years leading up to this year. It's like him running the ball. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're going to scramble him out. They're going to run him out. They're going to design him. I'm like, okay, I'm like, where are these plays? <laughs> and that's the thing. I don't have the benefit of commentary. My, the commentary is my own head when I'm watching. Is that where your if camera shifts and you're like, so you're like, wait, where's Denbrock at? What's yeah, Denbrock yeah. doing up yes. there? What are we doing, Denbrock? I look for Denbrock because I'm like, okay, what's happening? I'm going to have to take a picture of the offensive line, uh, the offensive coordinator. Where is he? And he hides. I can't find him sometimes. <laughs> he used to hide. I can't find him. It would have been. It would have been yeah, good. Cool. It would have been good to see him in that moment. Because I mean, I'm sure we were overmatched. And then, and looking yeah. at it from like a talent standpoint, you can't really dispute that Alabama was working with with a different level of talent on the front. And we all know how mm-hmm. important the the defensive line, offensive line matchup is in those games. But um, schematically, there was there was meat on the bone. It felt like. Right. I mean, also, you know, I, there was. Exactly. See, man, there was some meat on the bone. Exactly, man. There was something. I felt like there were a few things that they could have done, <laughs> right, <laughs> to at least like get it, get it moving a little bit with Ritter and get him some flow. Just get it. It was, but it was herky jerky. It was very vanilla, of course. And, and I'm sure you guys have really dissected it over the last. Well, let's go back a game because you ca- you covered the Houston, the big title oh, championship was, yeah. game win yeah. too. I mean, that scene we've seen all the you know just that scene at Nippert. That that scene at Nippert, but that game. That that corner blitz from from Sauce, that was that game, yeah. Corner yeah, that was the corner blitz. Yeah, and then yes, that was a really you got to give credit to whoever called that play. Not only for the certainly the game, what was going on in the game, but to give Sauce some of that, you know, pizzazz. You know, he needed some of that. You know, Sauce. Certainly. He gets frozen out. He gets frozen out of the game yeah. plans. Oh, yeah. uh, it was a nationally televised game. I'm sure Fickle wanted to get him. That was a good all-around move. And and, and that was a memorable play because he lit that guy up. Nobody knew that was a good <laughs> Oh, man, that you got lit up. Oh, my goodness. That's not good either. <laughs> um, That was a memorable. That was really memorable to watch. And that scene, like, with the confetti i mean they wanted the year before but it was raining that day that day and they didn't really have the you know pomp and circumstance surrounding it and, and that, that was really as much nice of a music. field storming yeah oh of course certainly of course um but you know it's funny when you're in that when you're in that um i knew they were going to storm the field so like with a minute to go i went over to the side and put my gear down i put on my mask <laughs> i knew that there's going to be thousands of kids running right out of the field i was out that there was, you know, still when it I was, was out there yeah. i probably, I probably Cooper right was one you. of those kids yep full of uh, full of high it noon was, full of high noon and, and a bunch was, of uh, you know, other things like I, yeah i got two little kids at home man you guys know you guys are parents i you, you worry about bringing something home like not knowing it so i was like yeah i'm gonna throw on this mask it was like the omicron i think or something variant that was really really bad it was it wasn't like it was now and i was like but it was just funny <laughs> just seeing all those people and Oh, um, it was really nice to see all that joy, you know, again, covering teams that people have pent up frustration and they want to get it out. And I've covered really a lot of these teams over the years and that, you know, it's strange how that's worked out over the years. You've covered a lot of angst and this past year, it felt like you got to cover just, you know, unadulterated joy for the most part. And it was a lot because this past year, you know, I went to the Olympics in July for three weeks. Here we go. Let's talk some Olympics. <laughs> I'm serious. Here, I love 
I'm an Olympics. You're right up Zach's wheelhouse. I want to talk Olympics. Let's let's talk some Olympics. Uh, I went to the Olympics for three weeks, and then I came back into the Bengals and the Bearcats. And there was some, you know, some work things, you know, my colleagues and my, my colleague Sam had his wife had a baby. So, you know, we helped him out with doing doing that extra work as he helped me out when I had my children. Um, and then we went to spring training. So it's been a lot. And these, these things that I've experienced going to a Super Bowl and a college football playoff and Olympics and doing these things, I expected to maybe do over the course of my career, over a few years, not over eight, nine months. <laughs> okay. how, how old are you? How old are you, Kareem? 35 35 i mean think about exactly think about all that you've kind of the mountains you've climbed the mountains you've summited and Um, and and where do you go from here and that's a serious question so you just get done covering the olympics where where would you go like how do you what keeps you keep on going man what keeps you hungry all keeps me hungry is 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 being better than i have a long ways to go man i have a long way to go (laughs) um so yeah doing all those things over the last course of the year was so tiring (laughs) it was so tiring so you know trying to just what keeps me going keeps me hungry is just just getting better man just getting better just trying to get better so you're out you're out in uh china for a few weeks covering the olympics i imagine that's a situation where you're i'm sorry tokyo tokyo sorry yeah um I wasn't China. Was China the prior Olympics potentially? The summer was the win- was the Winter Olympics because uh, the okay, Tokyo yeah, yeah. was delayed, right? It was. So what do, we just watched the Winter Olympics in China, though, correct? Right. Yes. But you correct. were out yes, there for so Tokyo no. the summer. You in twenty twenty one. I got you. Okay. So you're it's you're out there, but twenty twenty Olympics delayed twenty twenty. So I imagine you're covering sports and athletic events that you haven't necessarily you haven't built up a ton of experience going out there to, to photograph events that you don't have experience in. What were you maybe most excited about in terms of that opportunity? Were there certain events you were targeting? Was it just the overall experience? Where's your head at going into that? Well, I was assigned to shoot, uh, you know, rifle shooting and, and pistol shooting. No, I have never, not once shot that stuff. And I was excited. That was what I was excited about. And it was hard to make pictures. And I made a couple of nice pictures, but it's hard to make pictures. And I was excited to do that. Um, but I do have experience shooting beach volleyball, and I did have experience shooting softball. And I, that was my main assignment was softball. Uh, I shot a lot of basketball, but I did shoot marathon swimming, which is long distance swimming. That was I didn't wasn't excited about doing that. <laughs> I can tell you that because the race started at six in the morning. <laughs> oh. um, An o- yeah, open water, <laughs> open water, and. What time did it end? If it starts at six, what time did that end? About 11. And, um, you know, obviously that's one, obviously run the race one time. And they're mostly in the, like they're in the water. So what are you actually shooting? Um, So, so yeah. So, and then also one of the things because of the COVID bubble, I have to stay in the bubble, including the transportation bubble, the transportation bubble because of COVID, as you guys know, COVID always adds an extra 30, 40% hassle. in general, <laughs> no, okay. no lies there. So it's two hours to get there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I have to get there by a certain time to make check-in, go to the photo meeting. It's big. So I'm waking up at three in the morning to go do this. Anyway, so I'm shooting guys, you know, and athletes, obviously diving into the water. 
tight shots of them swimming or them making interesting shots of them going around the buoys or, you know, the water splashing or making sure that you can get a picture with as many faces as you can make going head on, you know, and, and really trying to push yourself into how are you going to illustrate this race, particularly who's, who's winning, who's leading. You know, I got a list of names my editor has asked me to capture for our clients, you know. Um, the University of California has a, a Tunisian swimmer. <laughs> got a picture of the Tunisian swimmer. You know? <laughs> um, so it's all these kinds of different variables and factors that you have to do and you have to accomplish, but also make visually appealing pictures. You're making pictures. That's ultimately so you have to be nice looking. You know what I mean? Um, or when they're coming in, they're all swimming, they all reach these long poles and these long sticks to grab a drink. So all of them, all these long poles are being stuck out into the water for the swimmers to swim, swim by and grab as they swim. So there's a picture. Wow. So, you know, you, you don't, I mean, you, you have to, I mean, you have to, I had to look it up. I have to look at the, <laughs> I had to see, you know, what, then I tried to make something interesting of my own. I imagine, I mean, so that's something, that's something to think about is you're, you covered the Tokyo Olympics it, during COVID. Like, I'm sure that's something that would pique your interest to go back at a time when things might be more quote unquote normal, where you, you might have a little more freedom. Cause that had to be one of the more restrictive elements of being a photographer there is you probably couldn't always go where you might want to go or could go under normal circumstances. I mean, certainly. And also there, I mean, it's, I wore my mask more hours there than I didn't honestly because I would work I averaged over 19 days probably I honestly no joke averaged maybe 14 or 15 hour days I averaged over 19 days five of those days were 20 hour days so and they were you know you had to wear your mask all the time that's it full stop <laughs> yes that's it sounds comfy yeah sounds Sounds, sounds comfy. Now, I'm, looking, I'm actually I'm scrolling right now, kind of looking through USA Today. You can get a ton yeah. of your photos here. Yeah, a, a lot of great shots at the at the ceremonies. It looks like, and I imagine that was maybe one of the you know if relatively easier times to maybe catch some photos because it seems it's all sort of con concentrated in one area. Oh yeah, like, okay. The there's a bunch of people up there in suits. I, I definitely need to see who that, those those are some people to photograph. Right. I mean, without, without the people, without the fans there, I mean, there were fewer pictures to be made, certainly. Right. Um, but the closing ceremony was basically shot like how it always was shot, according to what I was told. That you have a position, this is where you shoot from. While we have other photographers shooting from different positions. And I guess that's kind of how it was always done. Um, but the thing is, you know, you know, whatever mask wearing, I don't want to go there. But like, if I'm outside, there's nobody around. Like, I can take off my mask. <laughs> so... Like, I was, I was like, come on, guys, I, every, everywhere. So what I did, I followed the rules. I respect that, you know, they respect when they're guests in their country. So I wore the mask, you know what I mean? But um, it, was, it was really difficult. So I hope I can get a chance to go to another Olympics that is normal in a nice place. Yeah, I'm, I'm bummed for you because I spent, I spent nine months in Tokyo, not Tokyo, but Nagoya in Japan. And I just love the country immensely. And it sounds like you were kind of trapped in a situation. I was where trapped. I mean, you didn't get to necessarily explore all that that country no. has to offer. Right. I saw a lot from the bus, though. I really did. You I really did. did. You saw some things. You saw yeah, some. <laughs> I did. But I didn't get to experience too much. Oh, it's, it's, keep it on the bucket list. 
keep keep Japan on the bucket list. It's hard, but I'm glad I got to go because Japan's a long ways away, man. It it's is a long ways away. It's hard to get there. I don't imagine I would go there on my own dime anytime soon. So you're. It sounds like you are a Bearcat fan. Do, should we, Sam? Do you have anything you want to ask professionally, and before I can ask Kareem some questions about just his fandom, just his fandom of of Cincinnati sports, Bearcats in particular. Get some tips. Yeah, man, I just love hearing. I just love hearing about like his favorite, like his favorite athletes to have, you know, shot. All right. How about have, this? You know, I, gotten to know, or just like been on the, or, you know, just your, your favorite UC athletes, favorite UC personalities over the years. I do. I do have maybe. I, I think it would be fun to have you put together uh, in the spirit of the the Levitard show, which is one of my favorites to listen to. They love their top five lists. They love their top five lists, and so it would be fun to kind of hear what your top five you know, shots are the, the photos you're most proud of uh, moments throughout your career that, you know, if you're going to put five photo, if you were going to select five or five moments that you captured, I think it would be cool for people to hear maybe the, your five favorite uh, photographs or moments, however you want to phrase it, that would be interesting. And then, sure. you know, on top of that, if you want a few minutes to think about it, are there moments where you've sort of been there, you were in position, you anticipated the play, and for whatever reason, you didn't necessarily capture a play or a moment the way you thought you could or would. Well, are there any, are there any sort of regrets that you have that are out I there? Can, I can answer that question. The one that really. got away. I, I just, dude, I just have amnesia. Serious. Because I, can, I will stew over a missed shot, but then I black. I, have a, I just black it out, honestly, because you have to have amnesia, man. <laughs> <laughs> and my point is I've missed hunt many shots i missed many of them many lots of them <laughs> but there's there's not like a particular one where you're like oh, Honestly, oh my gosh i can't believe that that didn't turn out because you might have you might have even captured it right i'm sure you have moments where it just it was a a tinge I mean, off like you just the body part was here instead of here and and it just didn't come no, to life the like way a, you thought it could i mean i mean like i, I covered um I mean, I've been blocked. I can tell you this: like when I this this past raid, this past uh, this past season, the Bengals playoff game, when Jermaine Pratt made that interception, I was on. I was tracking. I was new. It. I was blocked, and I was frustrated. I got frustrated. I got a picture of him kind of falling down with the ball after I was not blocked. You know, I was you know could see, but that moment of him catching it, I wasn't on that side of the. I wasn't that on that side of the field, but I had a picture, and I was blocked. It was very frustrating. That, in recent memory, really, really stuck with me. Is that where you take to Twitter and then you call out whoever blocked you? You're like, this is completely ridiculous. And you, this and is what I'm like, all right, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? We're making pitches. It's okay. <laughs> I got blocked. It's all right. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> right? Everything's fine. We're fine. This is fine. <laughs> you seem fine. You don't seem upset. <laughs> Um, but there's certainly like, you know, I mean, I got a picture of AJ Green, probably my top sports picture that comes to mind. And AJ Green going up against the Browns, uh, a halftime Hail Mary from Andy Dalton. And I called it. I knew it. All the photog- a lot of photographers didn't know. They thought they were going for a field goal. I'm like, why are they going for a field goal at halftime? Now? They're going for a Hail Mary. They got AJ Green. I went and booked it down the field. I just went bolted. And he was, he, they caught this, he, they, he went up for this catch and he turned toward me and I could see his face and it was a flat parallel plane. Like I was looking right perpendicular to him. It was perfect. No angle. 
He was coming down and he was draped by like five Browns defenders and he was tipping the ball to him and doing this. And I'm just like, great pictures, man. And he got this one picture of him fully laid out with the ball tipping. And they're seriously like, you can see the faces and the eyes of the five Browns defenders looking at him. It was, it was a work of art, honestly. <laughs> I think it was, I was, when I come to think of it, that is my greatest sports picture. It has to be. And I've shot a lot of good ones, a lot of good comes. It has to be. I need to find this. I'm going to keep searching for it. So we've got a number one. That's your number one sports photo is AJ Green's Hail Mary because of all of the emotion and kind of drama captured in that. And it's a a clean picture. Aesthetically, it's also very technically, it's very good, too, because I I was in a good position and it was clean and uh, technically and aesthetically it was really good. That's got to be number one. I mean, um, I do have a really nice picture of Ben Tate. That's a full extension arm against the Chiefs catch. that's an oldie but goodie. Um, I got uh, Snoop Dogg and was it Macklemore at the <laughs> at the All Star Celebrity All Star Game going for each other like full on like trying to tag him out. I Snoop Dogg <laughs> bending trying to get out of the way. <laughs> Where was this? Was at a what a celebrity game? Yeah, the uh, 2015 All Star Game for uh, NBA. I read. Uh, uh, oh, oh, M- baseball, the All Star yeah. Game. Snoop Dogg. Okay, I'm writing these down. I want to. I'm gonna go back, find them, and, and share them. It's a great list. Snoop Dogg at Ulster game. Okay. Um, That's, I wasn't that. To me, I don't think anyone had that on their bingo card. Was that was not on my bingo one of your card. one of your top I'm five memorable. I'm just thinking the top five memorable pictures. Memorable photos. Yeah, yeah. Memorable. This is good. I like it. I love um, it. Let's see here. I mean, I do have some news pictures that are quite unfortunate and graphic, but there's one from the fifth third, uh, unfortunate fifth third shooting in 20, was it 2018? Just a woman at the hospital reacting to the news of some kind, and she was just crying and being consoled. Um, that's certainly one of my top five memorable f- photographs. Um, I think that brings me up to four or three. That's four, yeah. Um, let's see here. Oh, a recent one I took is just uh, election day people voting, and it's just booths the perfect symmetry in a basketball gym. Okay, election election day people voting at Mount Washington, Mount Washington uh, Rec Center, and it's just perfect symmetry with the booths and the people, how they're standing and you see the basketball. The only thing that's off, off, not, not uh, symmetrical is this basketball hoop in the top left corner. And obviously that's, that's what makes it photojournalism. It's a real photograph. You can't, you know, take it out. Obviously it'd be super perfect without the basketball hoop, (laughs) but that's, you know. Those assignments. So the, the, you know, the fifth third shooting, the election day, are these sort of also just assignments that you take on yeah. uh, based on the, the paper contacting kind of on the fly and say, we, can we catch, well, can we get well, some- I'm, a, I'm a certainly a, I'm a staff photographer there. So I do right. take assignments, um, you know, yeah. Paper is certainly let me know. Hey, we, we have portraits, we have food, we have uh, general news, we have art for you to photograph. We have, you know, but I mainly photograph sports, but I do other things. Okay. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. You know, certainly videos and do other things non-sports related, which is great. That's very really really happy I get to do those things too. Because if I could only do sports, I'd go crazy. I love doing sports. I want to do sports mo- mostly, like I do about sixty percent of the time now. If sports up and vanished, is there a a specific area that you would love just shooting? Like if you if you moved on from sports entirely. We live in this in this fantasy world where that happens. You no longer ever attend a sporting event or shoot a sporting event. What would be the thing that you you would most like to consistently photograph? Good question. I guess it would come torn. First thing that comes to mind, I'll just run around just do breaking news all the time. Real breaking news. Real Maybe stuff. Chasing. No, no, no. Real stuff. Not. You know, uh, night, we're not we're not talking Nightcrawler, right? Like we're not talking. Oh. <laughs> OK, all right. No, but like really do like, you know, certainly what I think of breaking news is certainly, of course, any kind of fires or natural disasters or anything like that, building collapses or whatever. But also you tend to do crime and not just re- report on the breaking what happened crime. Really get to develop patterns and real beat reporting and sources and take your time on it and and figure out why things are happening. But those things take time. So I think if I wasn't doing sports, I'd do breaking news, but also really do some good community reporting into the problem of crime, I think I would try to tackle. Or what is going, why, not only what is going on, but why and how things are happening. That's interesting. Is there someone that you, is there like a a photographer that you know that does that type of journalism very, very well? You know, honestly, no. Uh, maybe I should look into. It. I mean, I I really that was, that was a personal really, curiosity. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I and I really should probably look at people's work with regards to that. I mean, the, the a few years ago, the Chicago Tribune did a really good work as a staff, um, documenting the, the you know the crime and the violence in Chicago. Um, that's a good reference point that I look to often. Um, but really, something that I would think is interactive with with vote, certainly photographs and video, but maybe some kind of interactive map or something like that where people can understand why things are happening to me from a territorial perspective or things are going going on that way or just show them geographically. People like maps anyway. Everybody loves them, a good map. Love a map. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, I don't know one person doesn't like a good map. Underrated. Maps need to probably need to bring maps back. Maps are in. People still like looking maps, but, they're un- but they are underrated generally. Oh, it's a good maps. Map. Maps went from functional to art, basically. Maps are now, you know, the thing that we put on our wall and it's sort of like it's a piece of, of nostalgia, essentially. Well, there is certainly there is good map. And there, there's beautiful maps. <laughs> this is now a maps podcast. Uh, before, hey, Kareem, before we started the call, um, I was yeah. kind of expressing some. Look, I'll just take it. I'll let everyone in. Uh, mm. I was kind of informing you that I believe your brother and I coach in the same yeah. um, soccer league, essentially. Right. U-10 girls, it's, it's uh, quite competitive and intense. And I, I now plan on challenging your brother to a, to a scrimmage because we're not going to play each other during the season because we both coach for Clifton. Uh, that said, um, that led us to, to talking about my personal coaching style and the fact mm. that I take a lot of, uh, a lot of my methods from bob huggins and mick cronin and, and it's the idea that you know you're not going to make shots every night it doesn't travel with you 
And, and therefore you've got to bring the, the pressure, hustle, effort defensively. That's going to be our calling card. And that's my, that's my plan for the, for the dolphins. Good, um, good strategy. And you said, you know, that's also what you love about Wes Miller. So it sounds like Wes mm-hmm. Miller has, has maybe reinvigorated your, your UC fandom on the basketball front. Just give me, give me your takes, your opinions on kind of the state of, of UC, UC basketball right now and where you're at with it. Well, I will say, I mean, Nick did a heck of a job. I think long story short, I think for me, I wish we just could have paid Nick. Okay, I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Number one, I think we all agree there, I think. So with that said. My dad doesn't agree with you. Just, okay. I mean, he might be the only guy, but he's, he's, he's the one guy. Who, he's, he's okay. okay. He's, he's, he's not missing Nick. <laughs> I'm going to say pay Nick. He did it. He looked the work he's done and just pay any. Um, aside from that, I knew from the jump that John Brandon, I don't like, this is not a good hire. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Reem was on it. I can vouch I for this. I will this. vouch for him. What was it based on? <laughs> do, you want to, do you want to share, like, what, what was the uh, – just what I mean, was I, my friends will tell you, especially Bo will tell you, sometimes I get a gut feelings about things. You know, like my friend Fletcher a long time ago talk, talk, kind of taught me, like, I don't like the cut of this guy's jib. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't like the cut of this. I, just, I didn't like it. I just thought he was kind of – just wasn't a right fit. He was kind of cheesy, I thought, a little bit. Just didn't – the way he spoke didn't really speak to the UC fans. Like, I'm a UC. I'm like, this guy is not – <laughs> It's not right. Mm-mm. So I was Which like, okay. Story. Yeah. <laughs> so then they hired Wes, and I was there for Wes's introduction. I was like, oh, he's talking. And I researched Wes, and I looked at his teams. I'm like, okay, this is how you coach Cincinnati basketball. You have to coach a certain way here. Maybe I'm not – maybe I'm wrong. That Maybe I'm thinking old way, like, oh, branch out from that. But at Cincinnati, we, we like, as fans, strong defensive hustle teams. Good, entertaining basketball. We enjoy we enjoy that kind of basketball. So I think West coaches that way, and then he speaks that way, and he's spoken that way, and the way he speaks to him in practice, and the way he speaks to him on the sideline about hustling and getting after it. And his teams do play that way. Now the players might not be very good right now. Maybe time. Come on, man. <laughs> no, I mean I think you're right. Like conceptually, I, th- I feel like Wes is. The guy. I love. I love the fact that we're putting defense first again. I love the fact that um, he seems to really appreciate value and treasure the history of UC basketball, and it's sort of it's it's pushed the administration to essentially stop sort of ignoring those thirty years that helped build this program to be what it is today. Like, let's embrace it. It's part of our our history. There's no reason to run away from it, uh, warts and all. That said, it, it's sort of, it, it's early. That first year, that regression toward the end, it, it left me in a place of sort of like, uh, can we just be good again? I just missed the tournament. That's really what's happening here. It has less to do with Wes. It has to do with me just being sad. It just has, I'm just sad. I just miss, I miss what we had. I miss, be I miss being in the tournament every year. We should be sad, but Wes, I think is going to, Wes is the perfect coach. I really do think because his energy and his, he, to him, this is a, it is a big time job. It's not to him. It is Cincinnati is a big time job. He's just like Luke Fickle. He sees, looks around like, wait, I got a new arena. It's a big city. It's not like I'm in the middle of nowhere. They have resources here. I mean, they're going to a Big Twelve conference. I can recruit here. Make look what make yeah, it. Hell of a I'm, basketball conference. Yeah, yes. and I'm I'm high energy. I can recruit. I can get. I can get after it. I can stay here for a while. And I really think he's going to build a good, strong contender. Just the 
it's going to take a few years. Certainly, you know, these people, these players are you know, some people give them a full cycle. I don't think you need to give Wes, not because I don't think he needs that. He deserves that kind of leniency. I just think that he's not going to need the time to get it going. I think by, by the third year, we're going to be ready to roll. By Big 12, by Big 12 basketball, we're ready to roll. I think we're going to be competitive. I think we'll be competitive. I think it's legitimately, and we're going to lose, certainly, but we're going to not, you know. You're allowed losing. When you play in a conference like that, you're allowed losing games. You're, yeah, certainly lose, but not, not be terrible. I think we're going to be competitive. Yeah, we don't want to be, you don't want to have a season like Bob just had at West Virginia last year. We don't want to be the doormat. We want to be competitive, competitive and fighting, you know, game in, yeah. game out against the Baylors, Kansas. Texas Tech, all the, all those yeah. teams. It's exciting. It's it's a, it's exciting time to be a Bearcat fan. Yeah, and there's you know there's in the, the arena alone when they walk in there and when recruits come to Cincinnati, they're like, okay, this is a pretty big enough city. There's stuff here to do, but it's still not overwhelming. And I think that is a, is an appeal. I really do. Sam, any final questions for Kareem? You've been incredibly generous with your time, by the way. Thank you for doing this. It's been. It's it's incredible, honestly, how much you've experienced in the sports world, especially Cincinnati centric, over the past you know decade plus. Yeah, I mean, I've been two fortunate. decades, two decades. Well, I mean, I'm fortunate. I mean, I'm just being, I'm just around, and I know I'm lucky to be around. I know that it's not lost on me. So I'm just be like, make the best of it, make the most of it, get the best pictures you can you can take. You know, there's a picture of Joe Burrow. I don't know if you guys saw it on the Enquirer cover. Him smiling. You know, covering Joe Burrow, one thing I've noticed just in the short time, those moments are very fleeting. He doesn't hold the smile for very long. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but like on TV, but, you know, he's kind of flashing these kinds of things, you know, and he's friendly. He's not a mean guy, of course. He's friendly and he's nice. But I'm really pleased that I captured that picture. That was able to be the picture that was on the Enquirer cover because – it's a fleeting moment of him cheesing, and it really embodied what everybody was going through. We're going to the Super Bowl, yeah, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, smiling. <laughs> um, so yeah, just experiencing that, and just experiencing that Bengals run, is being there. That was, I mean, just just being lucky to go to these different things on on behalf of everybody is how I view it, and it's really lucky. I'm really lucky to do it. Well, we appreciate it. The photos are, are uh, speak for themselves. And uh, we'll make sure we'll, sh- we'll share that, that top five list in particular. Memorable photos from you. From you. Yeah, uh, but it's amazing. Like, I, I, th- I really think people should just go, go look at the little caption on all these photos you look at in the Cincinnati area of your favorite teams. I think they'll be amazed at how many times your name's popping up in some of their favorite photos. You're, Thanks, you are probably on, on wallpapers on phones across Cincinnati, oh. no doubt. No doubt. I, you know, sometimes from some time to time I think about, like, I wonder where all my stuff is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure it's all wrong. You know, I, you know, and the weird thing is, yeah, I run into it from time to time, but I don't run into it a lot. I run into it, though. I'm like, yeah, it's stolen, though. I'm like, hey, well, that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> well, I imagine I, that might be a good, a good point, too, to just make mention of is for all the kind of ex- aspiring photographers out there, as important it is to – to credit you for your work, you see people kind of just just stealing photos with so much ease and carelessness constantly online. I imagine that might be a, a point of emphasis for you that you you do care and and want folks to credit and and acknowledge when they well, are. Like, not, how do you how do you approach that in the world of the internet today? Well, maybe I'm kind of a snob about it, but like 
you know, if you're trying to show somebody like quickly a picture of what somebody looks like to your friend and you grab a photo on Google and you just send it to them, that's one thing. You know what I mean? Yes. I know. Or if you just like are just haphazardly on social media, like this looks like this and you take a picture of randomly on Google. Okay, that's one thing. But if you say, wow, look at this picture. Find the photographer and credit them. And honestly, that photographer needs to be paid. <laughs> <laughs> Quite frankly, right. But if you admire the picture, or if you don't like the picture too, you know what I mean. Then you need to find the photographer and credit them. I mean, um, if if it's about the picture, it's it's strange. I'm I'm not trying to be a stickler about it, you know, because sometimes I feel like there's a little bit of oversensitivity about certain things. Hey, that's my picture. But you know, sometimes I do see pictures on like on Twitter, on social. Like that's my picture, and I can see my half chopped off watermark and like. <laughs> like you're making more effort to chop my name out than you would to just tag me in this photo. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, they're really like even certain certain not then like when certain companies do it. I'm not going to name names, but certain companies start stealing stuff. That's when you start. And we 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 go after them. Certainly, we let them know, but that starts to get a little annoying too. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, that happens certainly. Um, but you know. It, it doesn't, it bothers me certainly. And I'll let people know, particularly if they're stealing something, if they're sharing it, you know, this is a really good photo. They're sharing it with their cult, with their, with their story, with their link to something. That's my photo that they're, they're trying to showcase it with like, hey, that's mine. Well, you're not allowed to do that. But, you know, a fan certainly says this is a great photo and like certainly credit me or they don't credit me. It bothers me, but it doesn't really bother me too much. It's not, it's not the end of the world. That's classic. <laughs> but if it's chronic, yeah, that's another thing. I have perspective too on certain things. Like, man, like I got kids. I gotta just want to go to work and do a good job and do a good job for me and make sure my work is getting done well and doing it on a good job. I can't be policing every every little every single you know you know significant um, offenses. Obviously, are going to be blatant offenses. Obviously, going to be chased. <laughs> but I can't. Right. You know, you'd be too sensitive about everything. I, it's it's a gut hey, feeling. It's a gut feeling, like you said. Like you know, gut feeling you, you had on Brandon, you know it when you see it. When Brandon doing anymore. the wrong thing with photos, <laughs> I was like, "This guy, not my guy," as Frank Costanza would say. <laughs> that's that's honestly the perfect note to sort of end things on. Kareem El Gazar, uh, you could follow you on Twitter, El Gazar B L V D. Um, where else can people, where, where can we direct people to sort of follow your work and, and, and check out what you're doing? Well, certainly on Twitter, Instagram at Elgazar Boulevard. Um, obviously Cincinnati.com and the Cincinnati Enquirer, really both the, the digital and print. A lot of my work is there. A lot of our good work is there. I mean, we just took home a boatload of awards, not just only the photography staff, but we got best website and the best newspaper in the state again from the Associated Press. There we and go. Media. That's where the stuff is at. Look, that's 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 why we're doing Cincinnati Enquirer Week. All right, <laughs> Keith Jenkins, Kareem Elgazar. We we've kind of done it big this week. Appreciate it, Kareem. Thanks for joining Thank the you. podcast. Thanks, man.